Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018, is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant. NGW and an NWA World title defense by Nick Aldis taped for £10 of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchamania, myself and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I am doing pretty damn good, to be honest. I am still riding high off of our viewing last night, Luke, of The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the main event of WrestleMania X7. We're not going to go too deeply into our thoughts, because you've got to pay for that stuff. That is for our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Wrestle Ramble Extra. It's like our three- to four-hour review of WrestleMania X7 from the year 2001, back when Limp Biscuit was a thing <coughs> and My Way was on every other segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will be up tomorrow. Yes, it will be Hopefully, up. Hopefully, or imminently. Imminently. I shouldn't be... have given a time frame. No, you should not have done, because you. And I, we said on yesterday's podcast that we were going to go finish our recording. We haven't quite finished it yet. We've uh, still got a bit more to record, and then I've got to edit the sucker together. So, yeah, it should be either up uh, tonight or it's going to be up on, uh, tomorrow, Thursday. But... I shouldn't have put a time frame on it either. Anyway, it's coming very soon. Imminent. It's just every time we think we're nearing the end, we talk more <laughs> and we have to do more recording. Absolutely. Which, yeah. is, just, which is just us, isn't what it? What did you get up to last night? I So, not a great damn deal at all. <laughs> because uh, I listened to a podcast entirely on sleep 
last week. It was a bro, Joe Rogan, but we call him Bro Rogan in our household. God, you are so cool. Because that makes me laugh. <laughs> and Surely he, Joe Brogan is a funny... Uh... No, he's a bro. He's Bro Rogan. Okay. I'm Bro Davis. <laughs> God, you guys are lame. Uh, and that uh, he had a sleep expert, a neuroscientist on. And this guy was just talking about loads of sleep stuff. And I thought, damn, I want to get my sleep really good after what, this. Uh, what is, was his suggestions of getting your sleep good? So uh, just just sleeping for a while, to be honest. Sleeping... Breaking news! I know. Well, you know, some people say I can sleep for six hours and get by. That is statistically way not true. No, but I get about six hours sleep. Well, yes. Well, you are not performing on optimum capacity there, Luke. If you... So uh, men who sleep an hour of six hours... An uh, an average of six hours a night, they have the testosterone levels of someone 10 years their senior. So you have aged 10 years in that very important metric for male fidelity. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, but uh, you should be getting between seven and a half and nine hours. Nine hours just seems like a long time. Like I, like that's, m- that's on the longer end. Like yes. my wife and I are usually in bed and asleep by ten, half ten. And then, well, I suppose that's about, you know, maybe seven hours because I'm then up at half past five to, to start doing work um, for, for this. So, yeah, I mean, that's about seven hours. Yeah. But like my body just wakes me up at, at that point. I, I now struggle to have lie-ins. Um, my wife can sleep for days, though. Mm. Like she is, she's a very sleepy person. Put a film on, you know, for starters, that would make her fall asleep. And um, and yeah, she's just a very sleep. She loves a lie in, but mm. she's getting just like she's doing really well at the moment of getting up and doing yoga and stuff. But I'm not here to praise my wife uh, for a change. <laughs> <laughs> so what we did, like to how this relates to the last night, is I've kind of put a curfew on all things fun. <clears throat> that stops at eight p.m. So anything fun stops at eight. No screens. No. Not a great deal of electronic light. I like this. This is good. Yeah, yeah. So we're just seeing how that affects it. And yeah, you fall asleep. You start getting genuinely sleepy around half nine. And then we're, we're, we're dead asleep by half ten. I get sleep very fine anyway, but uh, my lady partner takes a while to nod off. Well, it's I, helping yeah. her. I, 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 I particularly, I mean, I love going to bed at nine and reading for an hour or so and then getting some sleep. I like just like just shutting everything off and getting away from, from screens at one night. I think that's always a really good thing. Problem is, we're just really into Westworld at the moment, so that that just means that we have to stay up and watch that. I hear that's a show. It is a show. Wow. It, it is a show. It is a, it is a show that I am very much enjoying. Yeah, I want to watch it. Yeah, we're it's very just... close to the end of the first season now, so I'm 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 pretty stoked on it at the moment. My lady partner gets very non-committal about undertakings like that. Mm. Cuz I think I've got a good success rate, but I've, just, I've just put a few duds out there. You know, oh, should we watch the new Lost in Space reboot? Oh, why do I even bother? Why did you even? Why bo- did I even bother? That and was for you and you alone, and you knew that. Hey, uh, hey, oh, I nearly said a name. Hey, Anna, do you want to watch Star <laughs> Trek Discovery? Did. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> because I, oh, yeah. So like things like that. She goes, yeah, but you, we watched that one episode of that one thing. I was like, oh, sorry, that was fifty minutes of our life that was perfectly well spent taking a risk can't just watch friends every night and come dine with me uh but yeah that's uh by the by so, yeah but uh, the the other thing is like my lady partner doesn't enjoy reading it's not something she likes to do mm. uh i do so when you haven't got screens mm. what is there to do really apart from the wireless <laughs> i was gonna say yeah podcasters listen to podcasts oh, yeah, but i can't uh, well, I, was I say, can't read when there's another voice going on put some headphones in that's then. what i ended up doing and but that makes me feel a bit like disconnected no no oh, no i was gonna say she could put headphones in that makes her feel disconnected well 
Um, yeah, I mean, she it, just wants it, to it, chat, and I want to read. Read. Well, stuff. I, I get. I, yeah. so, I mean, I understand your, your issue, mm. man, and I'm sure you'll you'll work it out. Um, I've got a podcast recommendation for your um, lady partner as well, actually, only because it's a podcast recommendation that I would give to pretty much everyone. Um, um, and I, don't, I will get a lot of heat for, for suggesting this sort of thing anyway, but my wife suggested it to me, and I, I think it's grand. It's called the Guilty Feminist Podcast, which, oh, is, God. <laughs> which is really good. It's two comedians kind of talking about them, these, these sorts of issues, and I, I've really liked it, but it's, it's, yeah. a, it's an excellent, excellent show. What do they talk about? Just different topics each week. So, like in, in the first periods, no, in, like in the first couple, they talk about um, uh, pornography and nudity and um, okay uh, and and things like that. And like they they kind of like they challenge themselves to do things. So, like for the nudity episode, um, one of them went to a life drawing class as a model so that they could be um, comfortable with their nudity. And another person went to do like a boudoir shoot so they could be comfortable with their nudity. And then come back and kind of report what happens from there. But there's all, like, things like food and like anger and all these sorts of stuff. And it's just like it's very interesting to kind of. Of like hear these different perspectives i don't always agree with them but i, I it's funny to, it's, it's interesting to hear perspectives i just like my own perspectives fed back to me mm, via, via bro rogan <laughs> yeah. what 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 would we do if we wanted to test ourselves uh, well I don't know, that's basically like challenges isn't it that we just don't do anymore yeah. well you know <laughs> <laughs> backlash is gonna have some serious weight so uh we've got some nice reviews do you, you want to do those now yeah Sam from Miami says five stars from Sammy and Zane. Yes, my name is Sammy and my brother's name is Zane, but spelled Z-A-N-E or Z-A-N-E. Like the, like the lad from One Direction. Anyway, this oh, no, pod- with the Y. Anyway, this podcast is one, if not the best wrestling podcast on the market. It's the latter half. Luke and Ollie are absolute perfection on the mic. I started off watching them on YouTube and was ecstatic to hear these guys have a podcast. They are consistent, yes. brilliant, hilarious, and very knowledgeable about all kinds of spoons. Their wrestling knowledge is pretty good too. Thank you for making me look forward to my commute to work. Us podswafters love your work. Thank you very much, Sam Thank and you, Zane. Sam and Zane. Lovely uh, and stuff. Sam from Miami that's a good point about the spoons we haven't done spoons for a while I tell you what let's get on with the show and I'll get some spoon uh, research I don't know about you Swaff Nation but my heart was in my chest and then my mouth and I kind of vomited it on the floor when WWE said last night on Smackdown it was Tom or Todd Phillips whatever his name is he, he said because of the greatest Royal Rumble match where Daniel Bryan lasted an unprecedented two days or mm-hmm. something wasn't it uh, he he had those horrible chops from Roderick Strong on his chest. They showed uh, a little interview with Brian after that match, and he said, "You know, it wasn't wasn't me. Sorry, it wasn't the tiredness. It was just Braun was a better man. Braun won at the end. No one could eliminate him. Uh, you can't blame this on my tiredness. Great promo as always. But then it cuts back to Todd Phillips at ringside, and he says, because of those sort of lacerations on Brian's chest, he hasn't been medically cleared to compete tonight." on last night's episode of SmackDown, out of fear of infection. Now, I hear Daniel Bryan isn't medically cleared to compete, and I just immediately get worried. Because why wouldn't you? We know he's getting medically tested, concussion tested, after every match he has. That was one of the conditions, reportedly, of his return to action in WWE. Thankfully, I'm not going to, like, string this out more, he he fought in the, the dark match for the live crowd. So it's okay 
but oh my god, I was worried. That's really interesting because I wasn't at all. You just don't care though. You're a nastier person. Well, I'm obviously than I am. just I'm, I'm a horrible person. But when like because they did the whole you know oh uh, Daniel Bryan is not medically cleared, I was like, cool storyline then because he's he's got a match on Sunday. So I was like, that's just a storyline for him not to be on uh, SmackDown tonight. And then when Big Cass came out to do his promo, I instantly went, little person coming out. Really? Yeah. You called it. <laughs> called it. I was like, bet you it was a little person. Yeah. Road Dogg's booking the show, man. Who's his best friend in the whole wide world apart from Jeff Jarrett? Vince Russo. Mm. You know, mm. it just feels like low blows, little people. The Attitude Era is alive and well in a PG form. But but we said just now, low blows are over, man. Low blow is so over. So we just watched a video clip of the... So it was Daniel Bryan and Shinsuke Nakamura in the ma- like the dark match main event. So that's only for the live crowd only. This didn't play on TV last night. So that's how we know Daniel Bryan is okay. Thank God. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised you went not even a little bit. You're not, not even like... a little bit. I, do you know what? It's it really weird. I just feel that now because he's been in the ring, he wrestled for like four days or whatever it was at the Greatest Royal Rumble, and he's had matches since. He wrestled WrestleMania, and he's been on TV, and he's had matches there. I just feel like now he's fine. Like that worry of him like taking bumps, him hitting his head. I don't know. Maybe there's just been this like this pressure has been lifted off my chest. Where I'm like. I don't have to worry about him anymore. I think he's all right. So now when they say things like he's not medically cleared, my mind instantly goes, storyline. Mm. It's just a storyline. It's to cover him not being on this show so we can, you know, just save him before the uh, the pay-per-view because SmackDown is, what I like about SmackDown is that not all the same stars are on the same shows every single week. I'm a warrior. You are a warrior. I'm a warrior. Uh, but hopefully I'll get to your place in a while. Mm. I mean... He wrestled, like you said, he wrestled for 17 days at the Greatest... That's probably why he wasn't on the show. Yes. Because he was still in that Greatest Royal Rumble match. <laughs> trying to throw out Braun. Yeah. And uh, it's... So if he's having, like, that level of match, that's insane performance. Oh, to, to wrestle just... for 75 minutes. Uh, and then, you know, he, and it wasn't like it was... He was on the, the canvas for most of the time. Every person who came in there, he rushed over to work with. And so, you know, and there was a spirited performance. And there were times during that Greatest Royal Rumble when Daniel Bryan would get in the mix with someone, and I'm like, oh, I want to see a match. I want to see a full match. Like when Chad Gable got in, I was like, yes, please, I want to yeah. see that match. When Roddy got in, I was like, yes, please, I want to see that match. There was just like it was like guy after guy, the guy in the ring. I was like, oh, it's so great to have Daniel Bryan back, and I cannot wait for more of this. I had a really interesting theory actually about about um, Daniel Bryan's chest. Uh, you know, they said it was from the chops. There was a lot of things. Knife edge chops. Knife edge chops, as JR we used to call them. God, we're talking a lot about WrestleMania X7, aren't we, at the moment? I make a WrestleMania X7 joke in my SmackDown review. It's just on my mind at the moment. Mm, wonder why. I wonder why. Pledge on Patreon. And um, I... What was the point I was going to make? Yeah, a theory that I heard, that it wasn't just the chops that made his chest like that. It was all the times he was being pushed against the ropes and like being pushed over wow. because there were so many like elimination attempts on him. And that's what... It was just like the constant pressure of being pushed against the ropes being worked over that that's what actually was like really like opening his chest up it's just a theory i don't know if that's true it's just that someone has posited that as a a potential i wouldn't be surprised because as anyone who's done any modicum of wrestling training those ropes suck you're 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 this guy included this guy included Uh, this guy included uh i was very bad that they they hurt just (laughs) bouncing off the ropes like that it's not like you know i always used to think oh they're like soft little ropes that seems fun way bounce off momentum untrue mm. they are like steel ropes that just lacerates cut into the side of you and it's bruises all along mm. oh yeah it's horrible but uh daniel bryan was well 
was fine. But yeah. I, he used to get uh, a lot of infections. That's one of the reasons he went vegan back in the day. Mm. It was uh, apparently a doctor's advice because he loves to, what do you call it? It's not just grappling, but kind of legit amateur chain wrestle mm. on the mats. And canvases can get very dirty because so many people are sweating. Various bodily juices are flying around. Uh, you can you you are in quite a danger of getting skin infections. Uh, d- dermatil- dermatitis. I'm not a doctor. Dermatitis. <laughs> and <laughs> wasn't he in the Greatest Royal Rumble? Yeah, yeah, it was. Good, good that show that um, NXT caller, mm. Babatunke or whatever his name was. And I'm sure that's kind of racist what no, we just no, no, that Babatum, I, was, d- d- well, I, was, I was referring to the uh, Babatumunke or whatever his name was cool I'm, I'm not sure that's a skin disease <laughs> and so Daniel Bryan apparently uh, he, he kept on getting these skin infections and the doctor said go vegan and he did go vegan and they cleared up for a while and then they came back it seems. vegans are great it's not the answer to everything <laughs> uh, it's like oh you, you've got you, you feel you feel a little bit feel a little bit lethargic go vegan yeah you didn't like infinity war you got to go vegan go man vegan, that'll, vegan, sort man, that'll it. sort yourself out who was it we were talking about recently that like he was vegan and they used oh it was um uh zach saber jr yes in all of his new japan uh, cup run when he just had like guest commentators going on each one of them would just go like he's a vegan and i just want to punch him in the face for it mm, yeah <laughs> was it bad luck farley that kept saying bad luck farley and rocky romero <laughs> were not just could not comprehend this meat-free diet <laughs> so funny oh i loved it but uh, yeah but daniel bryan like we watched the clip of him in the in the dark matching and shinsuke nakamura and like what a rabid crowd we had on on smackdown live bizarrely not in bizarro world this time the crowd were cheering the people that they usually cheer and booing the people they usually boo well they cheered samoa joe Heel. Oh, maybe, yeah, bizarre. World. I think everyone gets cheered. Actually, <laughs> exactly. heels the heels get cheered the most. Oh, Big Cass got booed. He did, yes, yeah, yeah eventually. And um, but we saw, and like, it just made me think, like, man, I can't wait for that future feud. Now, then, that's what I really liked about SmackDown. We're going to do the full review in a minute, but what I really liked about this week's SmackDown Live, which I thought was on on you know on the whole an average show. I just thought that everything it was sending up was making me go like, I want to see more of this. I want to see more of this. I want to see more of that. And I can't wait to see this. So I thought on the, on the whole, I thought that's what it really did well. And like seeing Brian and Nakamura there, I was like, what a feud that's going to be. Yeah, well, you said that's a job done for a wrestling show to make you want to see future matches. That's Apart from the, Backlash. the reason the attrait for it. Uh, so that Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura match is a 45 second clip floating around online. Uh, and I mean, don't you, Wow! <laughs> well, there's now that's a possibility. I was there's say, so many possibilities that I've forgotten. Like, who would have thought Roderick Strong was something I wanted? I didn't even think about that until last Friday. But uh, Daniel Bryan's doing the yes kicks. Of course, the Montreal crowd are going we we. So it's the we kicks, and then Daniel Bryan goes for that last one that he. I mean, would it be fair to say it has a ninety-five percent? Fail rate. I wouldn't say ninety-five percent, but it is. There is a ratio between failure mm. and success. And at one point, I would retire a move if it. Well, I mean, I, it's, it's like over. Yes, I'm just. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying like if I was in a match with John Cena, do you know what I'm not going to do after I hit a um, after he hits a, his shoulder tackles on me? Swing a punch mm. because guarantee you he'll duck underneath <laughs> it and then and then hit a backdrop on me. I would just think like, not me, mate. Not yeah. doing it. I've I have seen you. <laughs> I've studied this, mate. Yeah, I've tape studied you. Um, so yeah, he he goes for the last one, but he Nakamura ducks and gets the low blow, nuclear heat from the crowd. But the person filming just goes, <laughs> 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 the low blows are over in 2018. 
I love it. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This episode of Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you can get access to our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Wrestle Ramble Extra, where Ollie and I review classic pay-per-views from wrestling's past. Previous episodes include Money in the Bank 2011, Armageddon 2000, Wrestle Kingdom 10, WrestleMania 25, and more. The next episode continues the WrestleMania theme with arguably the best mania ever, WrestleMania X7, featuring the epic main event of The Rock vs Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWF Championship. It also has the Triple H vs Undertaker match you're supposed to forget happened, and the gimmick Battle Royal! Your backing will get you access to all previous episodes too. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestletalk for more information. That's patreon.com forward slash wrestletalk. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's a SmackDown review, Magal. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. Paige here. <laughs> That's right. Paige is opening SmackDown after. You know what I appreciated about the greatest Royal Rumble recap package in front of SmackDown, as opposed to the Raw one, which is Raw. Look, beautiful city of Jeddah, Mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia, guys. Historic night. But SmackDown was more like this story thing happened. Yes. And this story thing happened. Yeah, Shane McMahon took a heck of a bump off Braun Braun the Strowman threw him off the top rope into the announcer table to eliminate him. What a heck of a bump that was. Mm. Shane McMahon is not here tonight, so it's just quite literally, Paige here. Yes, and hopefully, I mean, I don't want to wish ill on someone. I, that's not what I'm doing. But hopefully that's the end of Shane for a while. Oh, no, he'll be back next week, mate. Think, oh, what he, up? 
Place <laughs> Which, Shuffle feet Yeah exactly Oh, He'll be there at Backlash No no he won't They didn't really do uh, General managers at back, uh, Those pay-per-views do they He'll be on They'll Smackdown next week They'll find a way uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping this is Paige can now Make the show her own mm-hmm. You don't need a, You don't need Paige and Shane's Awkward Ugh, I didn't like it When they were together <laughs> uh, But Paige also Paige, So Paige says Shane won't be around For a while Because of that And Because We didn't get a Conclusive winner after the AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura match, because Nakamura gave the low blow to AJ, it was a it was a disqualification. No, it was a count out. It was a count out. That's right. My and then, apologies. And then um, AJ kept attacking Nakamura after the match as well. Uh, to get a clear and definitive winner at this Sunday's Backlash show, we will have a no, no DQ disqualification. Match. Disqualification match. I made the exact same. As soon Did as she it? said no DQ, my mind instantly went no. And I thought, I'm going to make that joke in the review. It's uh, it's WrestleMania X7. <laughs> that is it. how The Think introduces Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin's <laughs> no disqualification match. It makes me laugh every yes. time. It's just, like, I, I really get Tim Curry from Home Alone 2. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> to this, this massive blood feud, which is also... No disqualification. So uh, that's good. With all the bad referee calls, <laughs> yeah, it's like I wouldn't. I if I so if I was running WWE and these just all coalesced at the same time, I would run a little fun referee points. You know, best practice backstage skit seminar. Oh yeah? yeah, yeah. That was my idea off of this. So we cut angle backstage with like a like a referee's rule guide, being like, look, this if this happens, do this. If this doesn't happen, carry on. Well, you know who's not working right now? Who's not? Well, for any major promotion, Earl Hebner. Oh, referee so Earl Hebner. So Kurt could say, I brought in a TNA consultant. Hall of Famer, yeah. Earl Hebner. I brought, or, or he's the other brother, the other one. You could get either of them. Dave Hebner. Dave. I think it's Dave Hebner. And Brian. And I think Brian is his son. All of the Hebners. All the Hebners. Just bring them all Just in. Just get them in, and they can run, like, backstage. Here's, how, here's things to look out for. And then maybe you could use that to, like, actually lay down some rules and say, these are now the rules in WWE this year. Earl Hebner, who, if memory serves, holds a win on pay-per-view for the WWF. Oh, against... Nick Patrick at Invasion. In- invasion, <laughs> yes, for the referee versus referee match. Indeed. So the, the show probably kicked off in the ring with Miz TV, and his guest was Jeff Hardy. What do you make of Miz's red outfit? Because I thought this was a WrestleMania thing, but let me check. It's not WrestleMania anymore. It's been no. here for about a month. He was wearing... It's, it's like a Naruto headband-esque mm. thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind it, to be honest. It's, um, it's it's just The Miz. Like, when I look at him, I'm just like, oh, mate, you're an absolute dick anyway. So I, I, it's fine that you're dressed like one, too. I guess I'm being worked, brother. I just liked his <laughs> old look. Uh, so this... Yeah. But yeah, so he brought out um, Jeff Hardy for this. And essentially, like, he was using this to to promote the match at Backlash that he is having against Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship, asking, like, do you not think that I would be a better Intercontinental Champion than Seth Rollins is? And Jeff Hardy responded by, like, if you were better than Seth freaking Rollins, you'd have beaten him at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Etc, etc, etc. Eventually, there's a surprise on around the corner, though, because it's not just Jeff Hardy that's booked for Miz TV. Randy Orton is also here to, uh, to, and then Miz essentially, yeah, he just tries to stir the pot. And I'm, I've written in my notes here. So every time that Miz was trying to like say, oh, but there's that time Jeff did that thing to you. And then Randy's like, yeah, it doesn't really bother me. And it's like, yeah, but what about the SmackDown Live top 10 list? I'm like, mate, no one cared about that. <laughs> 
But then uh, Randy Orton essentially is just like, you know, me and Jeff, we're cool. And I was like, oh, it's it's Ollie's favorite thing. It's baby faces who just get on. You know what though? Everything else on the show wasn't baby faces getting on it was actually everyone is super competitive over titles and here this came good in the end so this was to- this worked perfectly and it wasn't just like you know we're totally cool man this is just professional rivalry you know mm. just trying to trying to be the best for the united states title it wasn't just that because miz was like that's it what, what that that's Mm-hmm. You're not you're not angry with each other, and it was really funny. It was a really nice way of approaching a go home angle like this. The crowd thought it was funny, and Randy Orton got to say nobody cares about the top <laughs> ten list. Finally, putting a pin in that. Yeah. Did you want to do you want to have some words of memoriam for the oh, top, for 10, the top list? ten list? The top you were ten list. So hopeful I was for. so. I I mean, a lot of people can like criticize me for being so negative on WWE. I was probably the only person in the entire world, <laughs> apart from maybe Road Dog and uh, Ryan Ward, who thought that the SmackDown Live top ten list might might do something. It might start feuds. It might give impetus for people to be more competitive. But nope, it was just, it was there for about a week. It started one feud between Randy Orton and Bobby Roode, but even then, it was basically just Randy Orton going like, "This is a bit dumb, though, isn't it?" And then no one cared about it, and then. Dave Meltzer just wrote in the Observer, yeah, they're dropping that angle now. And and then they dropped it. Maybe that's why he blocked me. Randy Orton. Because I was down on the top ten But thing. he was also down as well, so surely yeah, he'd have yeah, like been tweeting you going like, I agree, uh, I concur. The, but people always say like, oh man, you, you guys are too cynical about WWE. Be optimistic about where the future and the direction of these storylines are going. It's stuff like this that burns us. I wasn't optimistic about it, but Luke was. Luke got his hopes <laughs> and dreams up about the top ten. And look... They just crush you. So next time something that's kind of exciting comes along, you know, you're going to be, oh, I've been burned by this sort I've of thing been before. Burned so many times. Crap on it. <laughs> and, and I think that's now, in the last maybe 10 years, eight years, let's say, that a, like, a top 10 rankings list has completely failed after one week or so. Because TNA tried to do it with, like, when Bischoff and Hogan came in, they, like, tried to do that. We're introducing this top 10 list, and the viewers get to vote on who should be the next contender. And it just, it never worked, because they always wanted Abyss to win, and Desmond Wolf kept winning instead. And they were like, that's not who we want. So they just put Desmond Wolf in squash matches where he kept losing. Yeah. yeah. Or, and, and then Boaty McBoatface wins. Yeah. What are you going to do there? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, um, um, and then and this one hasn't worked either. It was, it, yeah, it didn't really work. The idea in principle was sort of there, but in practice it was an absolute You've disaster. You've got to commit. Or maybe it's something yeah. like communism where it just never works in practice. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, you're right on the, they, they just had, needed to commit to it. They needed it to be across multiple feuds as opposed to just that one feud where no one cared. But this is, again, the argument for communism. You just need the right set of people <laughs> in charge. You just need to commit to it. And not become corrupt. Maybe it's the same thing with a top ten list. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, but I anyway, some uh, scholars really have to look at those similarities. But Shelton Benjamin then came out, and he, because he beat Randy Orton last week, said, "Hang about, lads. I beat Randy last week. Surely I should be the uh, contender, the number one contender to the United States Championship, which is an excellent point, Shelton Benjamin." And then I looked, and I was like, "Huh." Two baby faces, <laughs> two heels. Holla holla! I think we've got a tag team match player, which is what we got. I was fully expecting Shelton to get added to the US title oh, really? match by the end of this this match. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm fine that he isn't. I think you can play into this later on down the line. But it's just like, oh no, last month was the multi-matches. <laughs> yeah, we now got... we're back to singles matches. Absolutely, like, yeah. The, 
Are there any multi-matches on Backlash? I don't think I can name you a single match oh, that's happening anyway. Well, I can name you a, a handful of them. But like when we do the predictions show, which we're mm. recording later on today, that will probably be the first time where I've looked at the Backlash card in full to be like, oh, so this is what is happening. So Shelton and Miz took on Randy and Jeff. The Canadian crowd were having a lot of fun. Sometimes with the match, sometimes by themselves. <laughs> they just started chanting Olay for a, for a while. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. It was funny, actually. I think I saw someone in the comments yesterday ask why you didn't un- why you didn't understand that the Canadian crowd were chanting Olay, saying like, oh, I thought Ollie would understand because it's a Sami Zayn and El Generico thing. Problem was, when you asked, I didn't understand why they were doing it, it was a Seth Rollins segment. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's, yeah. that's exactly why you didn't understand. Totally get the El Generico stuff. Yeah. See, Luke does read the comments. I don't... As I said, because a lot of people have mistook what I said, I'm not reading them as much I mean, anymore. I think you did say, I don't read comments anymore. Well, I was trying... I was trying not to, only because I was just getting wound up by people saying stupid things. All YouTubers go through this phase. It's fine. You do, you, you, you know, you love the YouTube comments, then you go, I'm not going to read any more of them. And then you come back and you realise, ah, it's not all bad. It's not There's all loads bad. of lovely yeah, people. It's exactly. just the nasty ones that stick you, out. Yeah, the focus... The, the, yeah, the, it's the, always the negative reviews that you remember the most. But those are the ones that don't bother me. It's the stupid comments that wind me up. And those are the ones that I that play in my mind and I think about. Anywho, this was a, a, you know, a basic little tag team match. Uh, and it had a really fun ending. Orson got the hot tag and he hit his table backdrop on Miz and then the double rope DDT yeah, thing. Yeah, that was, got a big pop. RKO to Shelton Benjamin and the Swanton Bomb. I thought it was a fun little finish. Yeah, I really liked uh, Shelton Benjamin's running knee. Oh, it's so awesome. On, uh, so uh, Jeff Hardy's in position for the Swanton Bomb on the top rope, but Miz holds his leg and Shelton runs up and clobbers him in the face with a knee. Gets a wicked sound off it. But yeah, they're celebrating after the match and... Wouldn't you believe it? Randy hit an RKO from totally out of somewhere on Jeff. Yeah. This was a, I, I, this was a really fun opener, uh, and the crowd was super into it, and it built a match on Sunday. Do you know what it was missing, though? It was missing that one shot of Jeff Hardy looking up and smiling at Randy Orton going like, <laughs> you got me, man. You got me. What pants? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Pants. Backlash pants. Backlash pants. I should have seen it coming. Back pants. <laughs> Bantslash. Slash. <laughs> uh, backstage, uh, I think I've skipped a segment here. Backstage, Renee, one of my favourite moments of the show, actually. Renee is with the Iconics, and uh, Peyton Royce does one of her patented. Nice. I've just come up with that. Was that you? That wasn't something. That was, that, I, did, I just thought I should have used that in the review. Oh, that's good, man. Patented. Uh, impressions so, t- because her name's Peyton Royce right that's right yeah, 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 that, yeah that's yeah, where yeah, the yeah. joke works and she did one of her patented impressions of Renee Young which like I mean I've got to admit was particularly spot on it's, it's uncanny it was uncanny made even better by Billy Kay just going like oh it's like Renee and Renee oh it's so close but it turns out she was doing a Minnesotan accent not a Canadian accent and Renee was a little bit uh, upset about this and then they just told her to go away well they didn't tell her to go away they told her to go chase a moose or something <laughs> that's right oh they are so good I love these two they're really good and then Carmella comes in and they're there all the heels are overly <laughs> congratulatory to each other and they uh, just to hype the Six woman main event tag match. Yeah, because even after the superstar shakeup, SmackDown's still gonna SmackDown. You can't get rid of these six woman tag matches. I didn't hate it though, because no. as they're usually just thrown together, this was very prominently featured. It was built up throughout the night, and everyone had legitimate grievances and storylines going in. There it. are multiple storylines going on with the women's division because you've got Carmella and Charlotte, you've got the iconic saying that they're better than Asuka. But more interestingly, I feel, and this was one that was really built up throughout the show and in the main event. 
Becky trying to re-find her feet in the women's division. They're really playing up this, this storyline at the moment that she has lost her way and she's been lost in the shuffle and she needs to find something to uh, to, to get her back in. Whoa, boy. Whoa, but re- rein this back in. Uh-oh. I can, ju- I can just feel you doing it again you get in you you think they're gonna push Becky it's the top 10 list and she was in the top 10 list she was number 9 I think just lower those expectations lower the expectations just yeah bring it down yeah anyway the sun's getting real low Someone's been watching Age of Ultron. Anyway, backstage, the bar are uh, walking with their SmackDown Live contracts because they didn't beat uh, the deleter of worlds at Greatest Royal Rumble. They're now officially SmackDown Live talent. And they uh, walk up, in, uh, they run into the New Day who do wacky stuff. I really, so sometimes the New Day are on the obnoxious, annoying side of the hilarious balance Mm -hmm. i found them on the right side here just the way the bar were walking through the corridors and then the camera pans right to reveal them in a pyramid (laughs) just Just standing there in a pyramid holding biggie up and then all through uh the like what um so the bar say oh yeah we're we're here on smackdown now we we always wanted to be here on smackdown (laughs) despite them saying the complete opposite the previous week kofi is very funnily saying, oh, what happened? What happened at the Greatest Roar? You know, what, what happened to those titles, eh? And that, that, was, get, that was making me laugh. And on top of that, Big E was just right at the front of the camera <laughs> rubbing lube into his chest. Well, he essentially, at one point, was just like, baby oil me. And then like yeah. he got given some baby oil and was just massaging his chest while this promo was going on. And then, to make this even weirder, they called in Mr. Bootyworth and a guy in a tuxedo t-shirt walked in with a plate of pancakes to give to the bar as a welcoming present and then they told Mr. Bootyworth to leave he's got to get over as an act like this so this Ooh, is his that's debut in, that's right. interesting you say he's got to get over he's uh, going to get over well no I was going to say this is one of the things that is either going to get over or they're never going to bring it up again yes I'm, I hope it's the latter I got a big dick duck, D- Dudley vibe I don't know where you were going dick vibe from him. <laughs> I just want to see guys with larger appendages <laughs> around more and uh, you know it was that that's what big dick Dudley used to wear right the the fake tuxedo shirt I'm sure he did yes. so yeah yeah uh, but I I liked the addition of the character I thought he you know he could be he could get over by himself as a funny thing. Maybe. I was just I was super into the new day. The bar have good comedic timing too. This was just a very good all round well segment. My takeaway from this is it's further proof that the New Day are writing their own segment mm. and that's why they tend to like come across as their own characters. Yeah, They're not yeah. coming across as WWE scripted nonsense. This is very much the New Day writing their own material. Case being in this Seamus then said, I want to challenge one of you to a match. And Big E stands up and he gets in his face. And he's like, not you, big fella. And he goes to Kofi. But then he turns to Xavier Woods and says, I'm going to challenge you. And Xavier Woods doesn't say, like, sure, we'll have a match. He made an obscure reference to 1995's Mortal Kombat, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Fun fact. Here it is. Okay. I wrote a book interviewing Paul W.S. Anderson about that movie and you can read all about that in this available from all good booksellers please buy my book I need the royalty checks I got my first royalty I did write a book Uh, Uh, what was was the line? um, your soul is mine which is a Shang Tsung line from from the film New Day have have said that before haven't they that Vince at the start was Mm. scripting their stuff back when they were the Happy, clappy. Sorry, I was, just trying to find that. I was trying to find the chapter. There's so right. much in this book. Yeah, it's, it's so much content. The and uh, the, they, he's since come to trust them, so they are allowed to write their own stuff. It was it was just really 
it was just really, really good. Yeah, I yeah. like this. Like this a lot. Uh, then we had Ooh. another backstage tag teamy segment, but a slightly concerning. And it's you know what's really weird. I didn't think about this until you text me about it. Really? Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll go through the segment. So Rusev Day are backstage. Rusev is in his Rusev Day T-shirt, and Aiden English is saying, "I'm just warming up because I've got a new song to sing." And he's about to sing the song when Lana walks in wearing a Rusev Day T-shirt. And instantly, in my mind, I was like, "Finally! Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful! Yes, let's go with this." And then Aiden English sort of walks away, and Lana says, "Look." You are great and all, but something has been holding you back and we need to, you know, find a new thing for you to do. And I was like, ah, the thing that has been holding him back is that he hasn't had Lana by his side and the three of them together can move forward and be brilliant. And it was only until you messaged me this morning saying, like, it's a shame that Rusev Day might be splitting up that I was like, oh, no, is that what that segment was about? Yeah, that, totally. that segment was teasing. And the more I thought about it, I was like, How did I? I just got so excited at the idea of the three of them being together. I didn't even consider the notion... Because why would you? Why would you even consider splitting this act up at this point? Because they got over by themselves, oh, damn it. I know, I know, but why? So Lana, oh. yeah, like, because you kind of missed out the, the bit that reveals all this. Lana says you lost it to The Undertaker at Greatest Royal Rumble. You've been really good, but I do feel like something... You look sad. And Rusev's like, why would I be sad? I've got a holiday in my honour every day. And Lana says, I, don't, I just feel like something's been holding you back. Pause. Aiden English walks in. Oh, I thought I've I've forgotten my coat. Takes his coat, walks off, and then Lana just looks in that very soap opera obvious way. That's the guy that's holding you back. I did not pick up on that at all. I feel like an idiot for not picking up on yeah. it. To be, to be honest, but but again, and again, maybe it's just the and it's yeah the the physicality of that. I'll take my coat. You know, I'll get my coat because I need to go. Mm. Oh dear, bros. What? And wives. Oh, That's the, nah. the, the thing that everyone said. The, 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 rhyming the, the very rhyming couple. Bros and wives. wives. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the age-old question. Yeah. I, I mean, hopefully they become a three-person faction. Oh, hopefully so. Uh, but it could... could it's, it's weird that we've all been saying, why did you break up Rusev and Lana? Put them back together. And WWE like, okay. <laughs> now, oh, oh, oh you no, were... no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> it's, it's... it's like when you rub, rub the lamp. And you get your wish, but really, there's something behind that yeah. wish as well. Yeah. Oh, I didn't recognise. I did um, I didn't barely recognise my wife when she decided to become a vegan. It's like I'd never seen her before. You can have that for free, mate. Uh, next, we had a big cast promo. One of the uh, the title suggestions I wrote down for this episode is mm-hmm. "Big Cass actually very good." <laughs> There it is. You can see it right, <laughs> there. See it right there. In between all-time classic WWE faction disbanded, absolution, Solution, yep. and uh, Rusev Day breaking up. Yep, there's Big Cass. Actually, very good. <laughs> I thought he he did stumble a bit, but that's only because the crowd were giving him such nuclear heat. Yeah, I I really really like this. He came out. Uh, they they basically announced that. This wasn't scheduled. This wasn't on their running order. Big Cass is just coming out. He comes out with his, all of his smiles. I just wish he, excuse me, he was still in that suit because I just thought he looked awesome when he was in that suit. And he basically just comes out to say, I'm better than everyone here. You're all just little people like Daniel Bryan. You're all just, and what you need to be a WWE superstar is tall. It felt like a mocking version of what everyone thinks that Vince likes. Yeah. I mean, I say that everyone thinks it is what Vince likes. Vince does like big sweaty men. That's, you know, that's a well-known fact. And it just feels like he's doing this now to wind people up to being like, mate, I'm tall. Of course I'm getting a push. Look at me. 
I'm very tall. I'm very handsome as well. Do you know who isn't? Daniel Bryan. He's very short. It's it's really good stuff, and it's because he is so tall, and I would imagine most WWE and wrestling fans, myself included, back when I was a teenager, I wasn't a big guy. I'm still not a big guy. And you, 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 you side against the bully, and Big Cass is most definitely the bully here. It's, very, it's a very well-motivated uh, feud. We've already said we wouldn't have done this as Daniel Bryan's first feud. Why would you? But uh, fine, it's happening, and they're doing this as best as they could possibly do. I've got no yeah. complaints other than the fact that it's happening. <laughs> but then uh, Cass... Yeah. There, was a, there was a great line in this, though, when mm. he said that... He goes, I'm also unlike Daniel Bryan. You're not going to get a five-star match out of me. You're going to get a five-second match out of me. And I thought that's a, that's a wicked line. That was a money line. A that money was line. so good. Uh, yeah, and then Cass brings out Daniel Bryan. And I thought, oh, OK. Uh, I didn't get that it was going to be a short person. I thought a he was person, a little is person. Correct, is the politically correct term. That they were. I, I thought Brian was going to come down now and, and challenge him, despite being injured. But no, it was a little person. Cass runs through some short puns. The little person's dressed up as Brian. Very, like this was. It was almost like Becky Lynch wrote this mm. segment. It was pun heavy, saying that Daniel, you're just being so short sighted about this feud. My favorite line of the day when he's like, it's when he sort of pauses, like. If you put lifts in your boots, you're, you're looking taller today. Yeah, that was good. Short-tempered line. was Short another tempered, one. Yeah. And through each line, uh, Mini Brian like kicks Cass. He's trying to have a match. And then the Cass goes, and scene. scene. It was so funny. <laughs> I really like that. As if everyone in the audience hadn't realised. He was like, guys, this isn't actually Daniel Bryan. This is just, he's actually a local actor. And then like, took him round to give him bounce. said, he's available for bookings, contact his agent. Although if I was watching this, I would not be contacting his agent because he could not take direction at all. He was mm. like, come over here. And he'd go across to the other side. It's like, then he'd like parade and he'd be like, no, mate, come over here. Just wouldn't take direction whatsoever. Yeah, he, he cheered. Uh, he soaked up the applause from all sides of the ring, and everyone knows what's coming. Big Cass is behind him, looking at him. He's preparing the big boot. The facial expression has changed, and Mini Brian turns round right into a boot, and Cass just starts unloading punches on him on the floor, and the referees run down. It was a it was a real good chaotic segment. Yeah, uh, that was you know wasn't actually chaotic. It was course all planned but they presented it as such and i really appreciated that and i think big Cass has is gonna do okay without enzo amore as an we were always worried about that that his heel persona only works because he's got enzo amore to go up against but now it's brian and he's getting the Cass hole chant over mm-hmm. that i mean that could be his you suck Cass hole it's so fun to chant it works perfectly yeah i, I was a fan of this segment mm. it was totally like Attitude era SmackDown nonsense, and I kind of enjoyed that. And it built the match. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm looking forward more to the match now than I was the previous week. What more could you ask for? Hmm. AJ Styles and Nakamura's apology segment was next. That's what you can ask for. I thought this was another really good segment. This was because this was hyped earlier in the show that because of AJ Styles' actions, Nakamura was demanding an apology from AJ Styles, which I thought was a really nice touch. So Renee's in the ring and AJ Styles comes out and uh, he essentially cuts a promo on Nakamura saying that he's not going to apologise. Their match is no DQ at, at Backlash. And they're going to... sorry? It's no disqualification. And they're going to have their match at Backlash. And so he challenges Nakamura to come down and face him. But Nakamura doesn't answer. Instead, it's Samoa Joe. And as soon as Joe's music hit, I was like, oh, God, yes. Yes, 
Please. All of this makes me very, very excited. So is this the first time in WWE TV these two have crossed paths? Oh, I suppose it would be, yeah. Because Samoa Joe debuted last year on Raw. AJ Styles has always been on SmackDown since Joe's debuted mm-hmm. uh, on the main roster. So Joe was in NXT. AJ went straight to the main roster. Yeah. So I, I can't think of any... Of, they definitely haven't had a match in WWE. Mm. I can't think of any times where they would have shared a segment or a passing glance. And all of a sudden, my memories of... 2005 TNA just came flooding back to me. Yeah, where's Christopher Daniels? I was going to say, we need Daniels back. That's what we need, man. And um, so Joe sort of used this segment to cut his promo on Roman Reigns to hype their uh, backlash match that I'm almost certain no one cares about, but then said after that... It'll be a good match. It will be a very good match, but it's not like I'm frothing at the mouth to see who who comes out on top. And then, but he also then used that to transition. He's like, once I put the big dog to sleep... I'm going to challenge whoever wins out of AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship. And I'm like, yes, mate. Samoa Joe in the main event of SmackDown Live. Happy days. And all of a sudden, AJ Styles is defending himself against Nakamura. He's defending him against Joe. He's got the the challenges set up the previous week from Brian. Although he's busy with Cass at the moment. He says, eventually, I'm coming for you, AJ. And you've got all these plates spinning, multi-layered feuds they can cross over. You can jump from one to the other. This is great wrestling booking that has been sorely lacking from WWE from the past several years where they just stick with one program and drive it into the ground. Yes. I'm hugely excited about this. What a top four guys to have on a brand. Joe, Nakamura, Styles and Brian. Pretty much. Like, wow. Yeah, like that. It, it is great. Absolutely great. And then... It's about 10 years too late. But <laughs> we got there, guys. If they if this had been 10 years ago, like WWE during that really dark period might have actually been entertaining mm. to watch. But um, Nakamura's music then hit. And what I loved about this, Nakamura's music hit. Joe instantly turned around and got ready for a fight. And it was great because like Joe challenged Nakamura or AJ. Like he didn't say, I'm challenging you, AJ. So if he was like turning around to see if Nakamura wanted a fight. But Nakamura snuck in behind AJ Styles, hit with a phenomenal ball arm, and then went to do the Kishasa to the back of the head, but just ran past him to be like, I saw, I mean, I could do it. I'm not going to. No, actually, I am going to do it. And then hit him with the Kinshasa. It was great. I really enjoyed the segment. Really good. And Nakamura's facials and just overall physicality is kind of moving like a robot that's slowly breaking down at mm. the moment. And he's, he's just great. He really is an anime villain that's kind of jumped out the page or, or the manga or the uh, whatever Japanese stuff has. <clears throat> cartoons. <laughs> and he's, he's just jumped into real life. Yeah. It's yeah. great. I like and, this. And yeah, Joe Joe turning round to square off against Nakamura, like you said. Nice little master touch. stroke. Yeah, nice little uh, touch. Everyone hating everyone. Uh, unless you're in the women's division and a baby face. Yes. But I didn't mind that. Yeah, because backstage, <laughs> Becky Lynch is very annoyed that she um, cost the Asuka the match. Like she said, like, me and Asuka lost last week. No, no, no. I lost last week. I, you know, I caused Asuka's first loss on SmackDown Live. and She put all the blame on herself. And Asuka walked up to her and said, like, hey, look, it's fine. We just got to focus on tonight instead. And Charlotte walked in so we could have them all standing in a row. I'm pretty sure Charlotte actually looked at her mark before she stepped in and then looked at it while she was stepping to make sure she was perfectly in place. Uh, and then said that they were going to win tonight. And Asuka then said, we have the Queen, the Empress, and straight fire, Avengers, Assemble. And she walked out of the ring. I've written here, it was hilariously dorky. Yeah, it was it was it was well done. And then Charlotte and Becky did their tea thing. T Generation X. And like WWE went through this horrible phase 
And I used to have it in my raw reviews. WWE's crappy pop culture reference of the week. <laughs> <coughs> because right they, yeah, I just got a bit emotional uh, thinking of Avengers. <laughs> did you see what Tom Holland did? No. Oh, it was a special. So Tom Holland is the actor of Spider-Man. And there was a special surprise screening for loads of fans where the directors came on stage and went, hey, we've got some more special guests for you. And they brought out Tom Holland. Mm. Tom Holland, the excitable chap that he is, walks in, spoils Infinity War (laughs) with his opening line. Oh, Tom Holland, man. And you can hear the crowd go like, let the audience go, wait, it's Tom Holland. And he says it and they're still cheering, but a few people go, what? (laughs) I haven't seen that video yet, but I have seen this video being shared on Twitter that I haven't, also haven't watched yet, which is um, <coughs> Benedict Cumberbatch stopping Tom Holland from spoiling Infinity War, a saga. Apparently, like, in all their interviews, he keeps going to say stuff that's spoiling it, and Benedict Cumberbatch is like, no, no, can't say that. Yeah. Bless, bless. bless he him. is Doctor Strange. He is. Uh, yeah, but the, 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 they would do these... It was mainly Ryback. Ryback would always be given these really shoehorned-in pop culture references mm-hmm. that were just so awkwardly scripted but this at least came off n- kind of natural and kind of funny. However, having said that, I would rather ask and not be portrayed as a hilarious dork. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's just that's personal preference. Next up, shock, we had a match. Like we were That's a good point. We How were, many matches? There's there's only 3 matches on this show. Whoa. And there was a match and that was that was my, kind of like my my issue with this show was I that I didn't even know There was a that. match at the start and then well into the second hour of the show we had our second match. It was just backstage segments and <coughs> in-ring segments and like build up for backlash. Then we had a match between Xavier Woods and Sheamus that had been set up earlier in the night. So my first note was like, "Oh yeah, this is a wrestling show." It's it's a testament to how good all those Segments were. Segments were, yeah. or like at least how entertaining they were. Mm-hmm. And then, like None of them were all-time classics, but they all served the purpose. They were all entertaining. They zipped along very nicely. Yeah. Uh, wow, I, didn't, I did not notice that. It has been a while <laughs> since there was actual wrestling. And I enjoyed this match. I really rate Xavier as, uh, as a wrestler. So Always good. have yeah. done since his consequences Creed's days. Mm-hmm. They've, they botched a batch... Uh, <clears throat> Backbreaker, look at me, I botched it. They botched a backbreaker ever so slightly. Like the timing mm. was a little bit off, but they recovered it so well, so it didn't look like it was an accident. Essentially, Seamus was just like, I acted as if Xavier was trying to muscle out of it as opposed to just jumping up for the move, yeah. um, which I thought was a really nice touch, actually. And there was um, <laughs> a really like chaotic ending to this match where. Um, Xavier got up onto the aprons, uh, onto the ropes to do a big springboard elbow, but Cesaro got up in the apron to distract him. And then Big E, like, hoiked him off the apron, caught him in the big ending. Cesaro got out of the beginning and pushed uh, Big E into the ring post. And then Xavier, uh, Kofi jumped off the ring steps, and Xavier. Um, oh my god, this is how chaotic it was. Kofi jumped off, and Cesaro went underneath him, and then did a little bit of a strut that they do in the Best of Both Brands video because Cesaro is so cool. And then he, get drop kick, he got drop kicked by uh, Xavier Woods. And then Xavier Woods got the roll-up victory over Sheamus. Yeah. yeah, it was a really good ending. Yeah, really good uh, ending. Unfortunately, a, the all of the part of the match where Xavier was being worked over was done in the shrunk ad screen in the corner. So you got the the start of the match where it was kind of equal, and then Sheamus started getting as soon as Sheamus got the heat on Xavier, ad break, and you come back when Xavier's just about to have his comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's like, well, this is fine, but you've. I'm not as emotionally invested in Xavier coming back now because I haven't seen him being worked over. Exactly, and that's kind of the other problem with there only being three matches on this show is that the second match that we got was, wasn't was really a match. It, it just felt like it was a very short, nothing match. Mm. However, the, the big takeaway from this is that, and I don't want to alarm anyone here, 
the Usos and the Bludgeon Brothers are having a feud over the tag team titles, which means I think we're having a second tag team feud independent of the other one. It's like a number one contenders situation oh, almost. Crikey. Bloody brilliant. Bloody brilliant. Have we well, got other tag teams on SmackDown? Oh, the, uh, uh, the Good Brothers. People, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Gallows and Anderson. No. Yeah, Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, yeah, they're with... Uh, yeah. But Carl Anderson was taken out the previous week yes. by Nakamura's yes. knee. Uh, I, I just think it's amazing how New Day are such faces despite having a, a one-man advantage <laughs> most of the time. Yes. That's quite difficult to pull off. It really is, yeah. Uh, Paige here. Oh, no, we've got another segment before Paige is here. Um, yeah, it was Becky after... This was from the previous week after Becky had lost her tag match. She's walking backstage, and Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville of Absolution are there, and they make fun of Becky for losing. Essentially, they know she's there, and mm. are just going like, God, that Becky, she's well a loser. She did a massive loss this week. And then Becky... And they're like, oh, God, Becky, I didn't see you there. And um, again, tying into the storyline, that Becky has lost her place within the SmackDown Live women's division, and everyone looks at her as a, as a loser. And now she's got to try and find that fire again to reclaim her role as the, uh, the, the dominant female. She was the inaugural SmackDown Live women's yeah. champion. She needs to find what got her there in the first place. Nice little show-long storyline that they told. Yeah, and it just makes SmackDown feel like a living, breathing world outside of all the in-ring bits. Yes. And... Uh, backstage interviews I, I, I really really like the presentation of Smackdown at the moment and then it cuts to present day and Paige is backstage and Absolution come into her office and they're like hey Paige our former Raw leader Absolution back together gal so who's getting the title shot well, first well it was really they played this really nicely yeah. which was like all we want to know is which one of us is it yeah and Paige was like oh it's going to be Mandy Rose she's going to have a match with Becky Lynch next week and they were like oh I mean I, I thought it was going to be a, a Smackdown Live Women's Championship match and Paige was like mm, no you've got you to earn that here and this is when they essentially said or Paige said Absolution is dead. Yeah, and she, and she looked at their t-shirts. It was like as if those are silly now, aren't they? You're wearing t-shirts for a group that, that's not together anymore. So I guess they're either. I mean, I don't think they're going to go their separate ways, but they'll just get a new tag team name, mm. which would be pretty good because iconic. Seeing them later on, that if they do get these women's tag belts, I'm kind of getting on board with this now. That's a tag team. Absolution can be a tag team. I don't know. Maybe I just want to see the Iconics with tag team belts. <laughs> I just want to see more of the Iconics on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, we then got a cell phone promo from Selena Vega that was filmed on a very windy day. Um, mm. Probably could have done this. Could have, probably could have done a retake on this. Um, but it was. I really liked it because it was just like everyone wants to know when Andrade. Words popping up is uh, is debuting on SmackDown Live. He's going to debut when he feels like it. Yeah, we know yeah. when he's debuting. You'll find out. Yeah, you'll find out. Like, uh, I yeah, like this. And words. But words were back on words screen. Words on screen. But they uh, appear to be, I mean, I don't know, because um, Alma said this in his promo, and then Corey Graves reiterated it when it cut back to the um, the commentators, that they are trying to use um, Tranquillo as, yeah. uh, as Almas's gimmick. Of course, that Tetsuo Naito's thing, really. Yeah. Which is, which is weird to it, do. It was a bit weird. Too sweet, man. <laughs> Cease and desist. Someone send it to them. And then we got the after a backlash card rundown for Luke's information purposes only. So yes. you know what's on the card now. Mm, and I've already forgotten. Uh, we got Charlotte, Becky Lynch and Asuka versus the Iconics and Carmella in a pretty fun match. I loved this yeah, match. I, thought, really I thought it was a really, really good main event. It got a lot of time. And there was all the, it was a, like crazy spots towards the end. It always felt quite chaotic. I really, really enjoyed this. And just looking at those six women there. 
good grief, SmackDown has a good roster. Oh, it's got a stacked women's roster at the moment. <laughs> really has. Like, I know Raw's got Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss. But they, they, I mean, Ronda Rousey doesn't feel stale, but Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss, the colour red, that feels stale, right? Mm-hmm. SmackDown, like, oh, I'm just so excited about everything they do. I said it to you yesterday. I'm genuinely looking forward to SmackDown. As am I. Every time I review it now, I'm always really looking forward to, to getting up on a Wednesday morning to watch SmackDown live. It's, it's a really fun show to watch. I and mean, it, it never feels like it's, it's two hours length either. Mm. It always zips by. It's, it's a really snappy show. Whereas Raw is a chore a lot of the times like <laughs> it's, it's it's nice if it's good yeah like that is that is the exception to the rule whereas Smackdown is you know, it's pretty much always good for the last month and like I, Smackdown really did get the better end of the superstar shake up because they did get quality over quantity and when I think about who Raw got and then I kind of replay segments in my head I'm like man Baron Corbin is feuding with No Way Jose and Titus Worldwide like is that your best use of Baron Corbin yeah and yeah there's, there's a lot of stuff that could be could be done better on Raw, particularly their main event scene, but that, that's another conversation for another time. So this Asuka, was a fun match. Oh, you, yeah. So Asuka won this match with an Asuka lock on Peyton. Peyton tapped out, but it's fine because the Iconics beat Asuka the previous week. Exactly. Uh, and Carmella hit, sorry, no, Charlotte hit a huge moonsault off the top turnbuckle to the outside on Carmella and Billy Kay. Great stuff. Yeah. Really enjoyed this. Uh, and then the show ended with Carmella holding her title belt at the top of the ramp, staring for a long time yeah, and, Charlotte and it was and perhaps it was the way that the story had, like the, the show had been structured and the way they would sort of tell these stories when the little graphic came up in the corner to say like hey 205 Live's coming next on the WB Network my thought was it's not the end of the show one of them there's going to be something that happens and I was trying to like keep my eyes on what was happening with Asuka and Becky in the, in the corner and that's not me being like oh I think something is going to happen I think that's just the way that they've been telling these stories of where like is Asuka going to get something off of these Wrestlemania losses and the Smackdown loss is she going to get a revenge on, on Becky is Becky going to realise that maybe I need to do something and attack someone and, and show that I am a, a dominant female and it made me feel a bit like not on edge but just being like oh man I think mm. something might happen here yeah so a good show overall mm. uh, I I would give this a, a very high smack bang in the middle but you know if if this was a show a couple of months ago when smackdown was in its bad state i would say it was smacktastic yeah it's just like smackdown has has hired my expectations for what it is you're absolutely right and i I mean i also gave it a smack uh, smack bang in the middle as well i think the only reason i took it down to a flat smack bang in the middle is because there was only there wasn't a lot of wrestling on this wrestling show it was just a lot of angles and stuff and perhaps and perhaps this is just me being a cynical charlie but it's i'm not excited for backlash I just don't feel like I'm... I'm excited for Knack and AJ in a... No... no. (laughs) Disqualification match. But I just saw it a few days ago. So like maybe like that's why I'm not that excited. I'm not not excited for for Roman and Joe. I'm not excited for... uh, I'm I'm more... I'm a bit excited for Charlotte Carmella, but I'm not excited for Nia and Alexa. And there's a lot of stuff on the show that I'm not massively enthused by. Yeah, I I understand that. I, uh, I never bought into... Nax and AJ being a big match at Greatest Royal Rumble, so I'm I feel like they're going to do it better here. I just think in hindsight, someone actually sent a message about this yesterday on Twitter asking about like why did they do that booking for for Roman and Brock at the end of Greatest Royal Rumble, and I was like, I mean, it's not the way I would have booked it. But then again, if it was me, I wouldn't have booked that match at Greatest Royal Rumble. I would have given uh, Brock a different challenger so that you can still keep that Roman Brock thing. If that's your in- if that's your intention is for Roman to still win the belt. I wouldn't have done that match at Greatest Royal Rumble. Similarly, I wouldn't have done AJ Nakamura at Greatest Royal Rumble either. I would have done, given AJ a different challenger. Hornspoon. 
Luke. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is? I do not. That is a spoon made of horn. So I'm guessing that is a animal horn mm. as opposed to the musical instrument horn. Yes, I would assume hey, so too. Sometimes those horns just fall off. That's just what they're just you know just knocking around. Yeah, man. So, and, and you can grow them as well. You can you can plant some horns. <laughs> get, like, get, a, get a little horn bush. Like the magical money tree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is used. Uh, this is I'm reading from Wikipedia now. Used chiefly interjectionally in the phrase. What, what a sentence that is. My by the great horn spoon. As in the children's novel of that title by Sid Fleischman. Horn spoons are still used for eating boiled eggs because they don't tarnish like silver from the sulfurous yolk. Horn and the mother of pearl are used for caviar because a silver spoon would unpleasantly affect the taste of the delicate roe. That sounds like it was... Someone had written a description of a horn spoon and then someone... Um, with far too much time on their hands, who is also very wealthy and has no perspective on absolutely anything in the world, went through and edited it to make it uh, more correct in his view. Or their view, I should say. Well, I mean, you know, caviar, and, and I don't caviar wanna... tastes... We all know caviar tastes best from the hands of poor people. You just get them <laughs> You get them to stand there, of course, wash their hands first. It's going to be filthy. And then you just eat them out of their little out of their little palms. Mm, that is, Delicious. That is, yes. I mean, you know, it's it's the the food doesn't change chemistry or, or anything like that in taste. It's it's more the feeling that they're subservient to you. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I got it through an experience day from Virgin that. <laughs> Weird things like loads of strange things they have. Uh yeah, so what else can we talk about? Well, I went out last covered, night. Covered I, spoons. I went out for dinner last night. What was the spoons like? Um, well, we didn't use a spoon. What? Um, yeah, I know. Well, we, because... So, I told you yesterday I was going out for dinner with my sister-in-law and, and her boyfriend with, with my wife. My wife. And we were initially going to go to a place called Frankamanka, which in Ealing... It's a pizza place. It is a pizza place. And as soon as I found out it was a pizza place, I was like, ah, oh, well, I'm sure Ollie Davis will be very it's excited. It's a sourdough pizza place. It is. We'll be very excited to hear about the pizza that I have. However... What we'd ordered like some had some olives and we had some like rosemary garlic bread uh, or garlic uh, like pizza bread with rosemary and sea salt and a bottle of wine and then when we went to place our orders they told us that they didn't have any gluten free bases left meaning my wife couldn't eat anything base so we just got our check and we went across the road to another uh, restaurant uh, the Honest Burger Company and we had burgers instead because I chuffing love a burger and i had a big old meaty burger not a not a vegan day yesterday and i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it it was wonderful so you had a pizza burger on saturday mm -hmm. and you had a burger and kind of a bit of a pizza and a bit of a pizza yeah Today. yeah absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah that would nice. be i mean that is a diet i can get on board with. oh i'm you so... hear about the five two diet ketogenic diet the i want the diet. pizza and burger diet oh yes but please. it's like exclusive you can't have you, know, you can't can't go crazy you can't have chips <clears throat> but you can have a full-on bun and pizza mm -hmm. uh, and burger yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm well on board for that as well maybe we can, to be honest you could really just make that up and just if you put it onto like a food blog and it says like i lost seven stone by doing this diet someone would believe it well you just have to eat it once a week that's all you get with it. Mm. Uh, but what what a few hours that is. <laughs> what a few hours have, of joy. Have you ever had, speaking of burgers and pizzas, did you ever have when it was a thing, I think it's illegal now, but Pizza Hut had a stuffed crust 
burger pizza. Yes, I did indeed once have that. It was filling. Yes. Like it is it was very filling. For those of you who might not know what we're talking about or don't remember this, Pizza Hut once released a a pizza so you had like you got your regular topping on it but rather than a stuffed crust it was a crust that had a a cheeseburger patty or a burger with cheese on top of it like just cooked into the crust as well <laughs> so you had your pizza and then at the end of it you had a, a cheeseburger mm. and it was i mean you'd have like two slices and then like i just cannot eat any more of this yeah it was yeah it was pretty dense how did you eat yours because i found the best way and it actually transformed the experience because you know you you eat the triangle of the pizza and then you're like now i've just got like a separate meal to eat here okay however three slices in i'm like wait a second i usually fold my pizza down the middle yes just fold the pizza so it goes towards the burger. Oh. You create a pizza bun for the burger. So it was still filthy to the max, but <laughs> it was a lot more pleasurable. I was, gonna, I was actually about to ask how you eat your pizzas because I am also a fold man. I like you know bend it down the middle and fold it. And I my my wife had never seen that before, and she was like, "Is that how you eat pizza?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've thought that a lot of people ate pizza like you this. Can get more in quicker. Yeah, I, 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 I love it. it. Makes it more it feels like a pasty then. Mm. And I, if there's one thing I love more than, oh, do I love it more than a burger? And I don't think I love it more than a burger, but I love it almost equal to a burger. Is a pasty. Cool. Yes, but then we went out for the Honest Burger Company and then had another bottle of wine. Um, so I went to bed last night. I fell asleep very quickly last night. Well, or did you fall asleep, Luke? This is what the sleep podcast has taught me. You were not, your brain was not asleep. You were sedated by alcohol. It is a very different uh, sensation, neurologically speaking. Mm. So uh, this is another factoid you can repeat to people, which is probably Chinese whispers 90% true now. A bit like when... It was 100% true when I heard it. Filtered through me, mm-hmm. 90% true. Oh, I thought you meant it was more like one of those sort of urban myths. No, no, like no. Like when I told you that um, the uh, the dairy industry were the people that told that, that put in that idea that too much soy milk is um, can give you tits. Mm. Like that that was a... Because uh, it's not true. It's actually not true at all. Um, but yeah, that it was perpetrated by the dairy industry yeah. to put people off drinking too much soy milk. Yeah, all the guy that these new startups with the soy milk, dairy needs to reassert its dominance at exactly, the top. Exactly, yeah. So the, the the way sleep works is people think that drinking a lot of alcohol or maybe smoking a lot of the ganja will make them fall asleep. And, you know, that's a good way to get sleep. Incorrect completely. It is sedating you into a state of sedation, as it were, and your brain is not experiencing sleep like it normally would. Instead, it, it suppresses REM sleep, which is hugely important. That's where you dream. And that's why, I don't know if you've had a particular heavy night out, you have these intense dreams just before you wake up. Hmm. And the re- is, it, is this something good? I don't often remember dreams. Okay. But yeah, but I, I, could, I could buy into this. I certainly do. Uh, and I was unaware this was the reason. It is because all that alcohol is suppressing the REM dream sleep throughout like the seven or eight hours of sleep you have that particularly hung overnight. And then because your brain has this capacity of like, no, we need to catch up now. I need to catch up on the REM sleep. Once the liver has sorted out, got most of the alcohol out of your system, which is around a couple of hours before you wake up, your brain goes, okay, now we can REM sleep 
boom, and it gets it all into this one intense blast when usually it's split up into 15-minute segments throughout the night. Interesting. And that's why you have these crazy intense dreams before you wake up on a Saturday morning for um, me. Did, by any chance, this lad uh, cover sleepwalking and what can cause sleepwalking? Mm. Just, like, just out of yes, curiosity, he did, because he did, it, this he is did. that I um, suffer from. It's demons. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah, oh, so you're, haunt, you're haunted. Oh. I hope my wife doesn't hear that bit because that that will just scare her. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's you're haunted in the butt, he said. Oh really? You've got a haunted ass. <laughs> that explain my uh, my colitis. Well, there we go. That's uh, I hope that's been useful to people. <clears throat> Maybe you come up with a useful fact next. Well, we've got backlash oh, predictions later. Find us a useful fact a useful... in the next hour. Oh, but the problem, and we can well, do the it problem in the is, podcast intro. So the problem is, like, I don't listen to interesting podcasts. Um, apart from like, the Guilty Feminist is probably about the only podcast I listen to that talks about, I'm going to use this term broadly, real world things. So all the other podcasts I listen to either are about wrestling, wrestling from the past, um, Simpsons from the past, The Twilight Zone, um, Jap- Japanese monster movies, horror movies, and what else? Uh, other cartoons. Um... Marvel. No, I don't really have a comics book podcast. I thought you had cinematic universe. Oh yeah, that yeah, comic book movies. Um, hmm. What else do I listen to? That's more or less about it. Like, well, I'll just get us an anecdote from one of those, an interesting factoid from the past. <laughs> from the past. From the past. We need something. We need yeah, something for background. <laughs> because you and I've got to record another intro and outro yes. in a little bit, and we'll have talked. In between them. We could play Mario Kart and then we'll just talk about we what. We don't have time for a break, Luke. <laughs> got to record 20 hours of. Got to do the equivalent of Daniel Bryan's Greatest Royal Rumble <laughs> run. I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's going to take us long to get through the backlash predictions. Not that I'm telling anyone that you shouldn't listen to that oh, episode. Because you, you totally, you totally you should. Always say that. It's going to take us forever. It's not going to take us forever. Half of it is just going to be us padding with. I don't really care about this pay for you. <laughs> I honestly don't think it's going to take as long uh, to do. I think I've already got in my mind who I think is winning most of the matches um, for the for the best of both brands. There's only eight matches on the card. Like oh, the, I've missed those days. Yeah, I feel like we've had fifteen matches on. Cards and you're right as well. They are all singles matches. How incredible is that? And not even like there's only one of them with a gimmick. One tag match. Yeah. There's not. And... There's not a single tag team championship match on this show. Is interesting. The deleter of worlds haven't got a match, and neither have uh, the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh well. Oh well. We will see you tomorrow for backlash predictions, and hopefully, is it tomorrow? Well, that's when this will go up. The backlash predictions will go up, right? Well, we could put up on Thursday if you yeah, want. Let's go Thursday, crazy, okay. and uh, yeah, and some WrestleMania X Seven imminently. Imminently. Uh, but yeah, so take care. I love you. Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.